You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Potato Files. I'm here in Never Sleeps Network Studios with my guest this week, Mr. John Hastings. How are you, Jonathan? I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to clarify that joke I made previous to the intro. Let's cut that out because I don't <laughs> want to have to respond to an email. Don't worry. And don't worry. We're not going to... We'll, we'll cut out anything racist you say. It's all right. I wouldn't say it, it's only racist if the people hear it. <laughs> no. Uh, um. <laughs> um, John, for my listeners, is a fantastic comedian who... Uh, I guess you, uh, you started here in Toronto, right? Not true. I started no? in Montreal. Oh. Started in Montreal, in Montreal, made your way to Toronto. How many? Uh, how quick were you? Uh, Two years in Montreal, and then three years in Toronto, and then off to jolly off, old England. Then eh? off to jolly old England for five and a half years. So longer. I've spent and you're long- done there now. Kind of. I'm not done. Done. I'm gonna go back a bunch of times a year because I've got like representation there, and my mm-hmm. whole career is currently there. Yeah. But I'm try. I want to just try LA and see what happens. Like I'm not. I don't know. I. I've had a few friends in various aspects of show business kind of go down with sort of like, oh, I did it. It was okay here, so I'll be fine there. And I've never been one of those people walking in those situations where it's going to be like, it's it's hard. Like the move yeah. from Montreal to Toronto was a bit of a pain in the balls. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that's it's easy to make those moves early. Oh, like, yeah. Because you can go, if you're... If you're new, you can go eat shit anywhere, and that's true. It's and then also you just, just slowly make your way up. Well, the problem also with being in show business is you you add instability onto an already unstable situation. Like moving to a new city is already annoying because you don't know where anything is. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, what's your job? Well, I gotta go get these either recovering cokeheads or actual cokeheads <laughs> to pay me. So <laughs> we're gonna see how this goes. But yeah, just give it a try. And it's one of those things where it's like, if it's a really horrendously terrible idea, I will leave. I like kind of like said to myself, I'm like, you're not gonna leave England until like it's good going and. LA, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, you're, you can have an out on this one there, buddy. Cause if it's, it's really shitty. Well, it's, it's, doesn't matter what your level is. You're starting over as soon as you get And that's there. true of any move, by the way. Like, it's, <laughs> you just need to walk in kind of knowing that, know that the first year in all aspects of it are going to be irritating. <laughs> just cause, like, it's things like you got to find an apartment, you got to, get things like a social insurance number. You got to build a credit card, all of that sort of stuff that you kind of take for granted. You have to do all over again. And then, you know, the States has the added fun of Donald Trump. Like their <laughs> government is shut down while we're currently speaking. And I quickly had to Google, can I still process a green card during the government shutdown? The answer, yes. Because if not, my headline set at uh, Friday night at Yuck Yucks would have been canceled because I would have driven to the fucking border. <laughs> And you're you're here in Toronto. This I don't know why we're promoting this, but your your last night of headlining the downtown club is tonight. Is tonight and this podcast will air in a couple of weeks. A couple after of weeks. I'll be in Australia this at talk. this point. I'll be doing the Adelaide Fringe Festival nice. with the material that was totally prepared when I started doing headline sets for Yuck Yucks <laughs> in middle of December. There totally was not writing new. <laughs> I wasn't writing new material, but it wasn't necessarily as crisp as other material Mm -hmm. but we got there quickly and i don't feel that anyone was disappointed save for mace galoni's ex-girlfriend in hamilton who stormed after out of the show after heckling me it was a great time (laughs) a comic's ex is heckling you is she a comic you for those you don't know look up right now anyone listening youtube mace galoni 
Now picture the exact opposite of the type of girl that guy would be with. And that's who this girl was. And like Mace Galoni is just like, you're, he's just a sweet boy. Yes. Just wet behind the ears. And this girl was like, she was. Hamilton's finest. Yeah, she she had a bit of a stereotypical Hamilton vibe. <laughs> By the way, Hamilton is such bullshit. The whole like, oh, it's a rough city. It's like in parts, as Toronto is. Everywhere then, in parts is shit. And then you look at the nice parts of Hamilton, where you're like, why don't I live there? Yeah. With like, how much is this house? And I'm like, no, it's five hundred grand, pretty expensive. And we're like, are you mad? <laughs> Have you been to Toronto? You can own a mansion in un- Hamilton for what you get a fucking condo here. This is for. unlivable. The city, London, is cheaper if you factor in all expenses than Toronto currently. Really. Food, booze are one hundred. Like I would say, seventy percent cheaper. Public transit is on par, and rent is probably on par at this point. Okay. Yeah, food is uh, especially with the minimum wage hike right now that just happened in Ontario. Food prices are going through the roof. Everything's going up. Everything goes up. And if one more person says it's a bad idea, I'm going to beat them to death with a brick because it's literally the Canadian government's attempt to maintain a middle class, which will make Canada a superpower when the shit really hits the fan in America and England as it already is, because that's who drives the economy. They're the people that buy things as opposed to the super rich don't need to buy anything. And the super poor have it all provided for them because of social services, which is also very important. So you support them and you try and move everyone into the middle class. Hence the concept of trickle down economics. What's up? Sometimes I read Wikipedia on a plane. <laughs> Listen, this, the potato files is not about politics it's just okay? yeah but it, we're still i'm still having holiday hangover from arguing <laughs> with family members do you understand do you have a, i don't know what your kind of family is but my family is pretty like we sit around and get into it and you gotta you gotta come out of your corner swinging if not you are getting knocked out <laughs> cold and this was a good year we had brexit we had trump we had the minimum wage hike we had legal weed <laughs> Woo! my mom was on fire she's losing her mind about this legal weed thing it's pretty great she does she's against it she's against it because it technically is infringing on her personal freedoms as someone who doesn't want to smell people smoking weed <laughs> which is such a crazy angle to come at the argument where you're like i don't even yeah, but know it's like I... you gotta smell cigarettes too don't you yeah but in her nice neighbor she's also hedging the bed of where she lives they ain't cigarettes the only person who's smoking cigarettes is her son occasionally <laughs> but she knows that some of them neighbors they are the type of people to have a jazz cigarette while standing around the barbecue and what's wrong with it man i don't know Do just... you smoke weed no why not because it... there was a i quit I stopped weed for like six months in like 2009, and it went from let's enjoy a movie to a near hallucinatory experience. And I missed that sort of that low step up. And now I can't even you. And the problem is, is that you can't go to deal when it legalizes. I might again, because I'll be like, I want a warm, fuzzy feeling. I want to be high for like maybe 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I don't want any other lasting effects as opposed to now where you just like go to a dude and then you're pinned on the sofa for four hours. Even some, that's sometimes what I like. I remember uh, New Year's Day. I uh, Oh, yeah. But you were also with two friends of ours who no one would think would love weed. And those two, <laughs> I think it's what's keeping their marriage together, is they get burnt. Yeah, but the, it, I ate um, three quarters of oh. this fucking muffin thing. I don't know what it was. And then they broke the other quarter in half left a quarter and then split their piece in half oh, and yeah. they were both fucked they're toe dippers too yeah I, and i was just i was just vegged out on the couch and kira's like look how fucking high you are i'm like this is what i wanted to do today all right get off my back i wanted to get fucking high and just lie here like it's one of those i met my now girlfriend 
Because Julia came from a show where she got paid in pop routers, and she took a quarter, and she's like, do you want some? And handed me half, and she thought I would break it off, and I just ate half. <laughs> and let me tell you, edibles, different thing. Woo! <laughs> Let's get. But here's the thing with edibles, though, is that that's also a murky old pool you're dipping your toe into, because sometimes it's hammer time, and other Wait. times, like, yeah, you're going to cry in public, bro. When I uh, when I started uh, my uh, my weekly show, Dope and Mike, I, uh, you can see the hat I'm wearing right now and the t-shirt. And t-shirt. t-shirt. It's yeah, very impressive. Swagging it up on a Sunday, bud. For an audio podcast. <laughs> this was uh, this was just... Uh, but it's a Sunday. Let me ask you this, because you were on the road this weekend. Are you? Uh, do you get out of the hotel early, or you sleep in... And hit that afternoon traffic. Oh, I slept into like about 11, woke That's up. absolutely insane. Took a shower. But then I was in, down in Niagara Falls, so I shot into Niagara Lake for a few hours. And, oh, because your family's there. Yeah, well, I got and I got icebreakers this week, so I was uh, getting some shit done. And, and were you driving Babs back or no? He no, went. he went back home with uh, Chuck Byrne. Great. So, uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to get some work done. And then I ended up at my parents' place uh, setting up their um, Netflix. On a, I bought them Apple TV for Christmas and... They're very confused. What an error. <laughs> <laughs> what a calculated but risk. All my stepmom's like, I just want to just make sure I can watch Call the Midwife. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's a BBC show. You should know this. I'm sure I, I, I like I do in a way. <laughs> Probably seen a few billboards kicking around. Listen, the BBC <laughs> brings you a lot of arts and culture, but when they get into reality TV, it's just like, oh, this Nigerian woman's going to bake and cake inside her own uterus. Will she live? <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, yeah. I don't even know what producer was doing what cocaine to come up with that idea idea but away you go funny all right well let's get to the heart of what the potato files is all about mm, let's scallop this potato yeah. huh? <laughs> look out how many people have made that joke you're the first one to scallop i'll tell you that Ooh. really <laughs> yeah yeah but that's the that's the that's the rolls royce of potato presentation oh we had some uh we had some uh potatoes au gratin at ruth's chris steakhouse the other night oh come on it was uh, it was all right, but I don't we were discussing this early. Ruth Chris, especially in Canada, is a bag of shit compared to yeah. It the wasn't cake. I wasn't impressed by anything. No, the keg because the keg is just McDonald's, but super high end. Yeah, so you just do it well. Yeah, I know what I'm getting at the keg, and it's still good. Like a keg steak tastes better than what I ate the other day. Mm-hmm. Ruth Chris was. It's a great place. I just don't see it as a $100 steak kind of place. That's in madness. Yeah, yeah. I didn't pay that. Don't worry. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> it's, it was on the arm, if you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Uh, they're treating us well down in uh, Niagara Falls at the woo, New Yuck Yucks. Woo. That's not going to last long. The, the one thing you know in show business. Oh, I know. Stand-up particular, one of the fucking yeah. pirates is going to fuck it up. But Well, yeah, and the club's only a month and a half old, so they don't know they can treat us like shit yet. So. Yeah, well... <laughs> They can and they can't. Here, you get what you get. You start fucking around, and the quality really dips <laughs> in terms of how people treat the club. Mm-hmm. Like, there were certain clubs that have now since closed that, like, when I was coming up, you were basically, I'm being paid to bring a notepad on stage. These people can fuck off with their <laughs> wearing a blazer and no shirt, you gelled fuck. Like, it's just madness. I think, okay, so this weekend in Niagara Falls, I... uh we we got the royal treatment mm. and nothing better. Yeah, it's great. Um, they're a new club. Uh, they're in a like they're right by a Falls View Casino. Got a lot of traffic going through there. The shows were good, but I talked to the manager and just treating the talent with some respect, like they're human beings. Yeah, it improves everything. It improves everyone's experience. It improves your show, which the audience can pick up on because mm. 
you go to Vaughn, you're not giving 100% at Vaughn, you know? You got to take that shitty subway up there now, and it's just... Yeah, it's one of those things where it just really depends. It's also certain places, I don't know, like, I always found Vaughn to be weird. You'd be surprised how either what they'd go with. So, you kind of bring it a little bit, though. Like, But like, there were some other ones that were just like, fuck off. Like, the Oakville Club, it was really good at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, it just was like... Yeah, with... I don't oh, know, it's, just, it's hard to give... if. You go to a club and they're not giving you their best. Yeah. It's hard to give your best back. 100%. So it's nice. It's nice to be treated nice. And uh, it'd be nice if that uh, came back into this crazy world of stand up comedy. I think it will. I think, I feel there's a different energy around Canadian comedy now. Like, I've been away enough now that I don't know most of the people, mm-hmm. which makes me feel like an old ghost. <laughs> like, it really I went into Comedy Bar to go just work out some stuff after my The Late Show. And I knew nobody, which is sort of like, well, five years ago, that's unheard of. But I'm like, that's good. Like, I should be, mm-hmm. we got to be, well, I left and we have to be replaced. Like, the new yeah, guard yeah, has yeah. to come up and that's good. And like, yeah, it feels a bit weird. But then I'm like, oh, there's Boyd Banks watching tennis inexplicably. I'll go say hi to him, the weirdo. Because well, he doesn't have cable. You go, that, that's is that I, why he's always at, like, various yeah. bars just watching oh, he, TV? He's always at Comedy Bar now because he, he lives, like, a block and a half away. So he just pops in, has pops a tip. has a few beers, watches a sports game, goes home. That guy fascinates me. He is one of the most fascinating people ever. Like, was, I had him on here a couple weeks ago. I listened to it. I listened to a bunch of these when I was in the Ukraine with oh, a broken elbow. Oh, nice, commercial. nice. I listen to Canadian-based podcasts because sometimes <laughs> you get homesick for Canada and it's just a good way to be like, oh, let's see what's going on. I think you could be my first guest that's ever listened before. Hey, listen. <laughs> well, because I asked you, could I come on? And I was like, I might as well listen to something. I'm not going to come in. I'm coming in cold. Like, what are you doing? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. That's good. Good. Yeah, no, we usually... Uh, Listen to some Boyd. I had no idea that guy was from the prairies. I assumed he was just like he grew up in like East Toronto and slowly meandered west. I found it really hard to interview him. He's Because uh, he doesn't want to give you anything real. Like he wants to twist everything. There's a big possibility that it's all not true. Who knows with him? But uh, he's he's a great man. And he's become a very good friend of mine too. We uh, We hang out a lot. Love the guy. Yeah, you really, because uh, when I left, because I left five and a half years ago, I sort of remember you being around, but not like you were around and you were cool. I have no idea where we met or if we smoked, we spoke or we smoked. smoked. <laughs> I'm sure we smoked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you just sort of like, we're slowly coming up and you got like the open mic and then you were just around more and more. Because when did you get like, when did you start like doing the road and stuff like that? Um, I signed with Yucks in 2015. Hmm. We're going into year three years with them. Oh, time to ask for a raise. Um, yeah, I, get, I didn't get one last year. I got one the year before, though. But uh, it's always that nice phone call in November. It's that weird <laughs> thing you bond with every Canadian comedian. You can see who's happy in November and who's <laughs> in trouble. Yeah, because do you do you remember where we met? I have no idea. Um, I remember one night we uh, what the fuck's that? Disgraceland. It was the first time we ever had like a. A real talk. Bring it on. I don't remember this at all. I think you were just in Disgraceland eating, and I was, uh, or no, we, a few of us went over from Comedy Bar or something. Is that true? Yeah, and that was our first, like, uh, Chatteroosky? Yeah, I'm Jeff, you're John, yada, yada, I like yada. that. It's always good. You gotta remember, because I feel like we're both comedians that actually attempt to have manners with a lot of acts, <laughs> and this is true internationally, will not introduce themselves, and it drives me up the fucking wall. <laughs> like, guys, you're not... 
You're not famous. You're not even. Fu- Some of you aren't even fucking good. <laughs> Say hello to the person's girlfriend and ask her about her life. She is. Yeah. She is in love with a basically a, a, a shaved pirate ape, and she doesn't realize she's hitched her star to someone who, at the very least, is credit card debt with a personality. So treat the little miss with some respect. You got a lot of credit card debt. I got it out of mine. I'm completely out of debt. I've never had debt in my life. Well, I was uh, I was heavily in debt nope. for, uh, for a long time, and then I. Uh, That's not fair. I took a stand. I very briefly. Uh, like had a, like a tinge of it in university, which I remember it being so much, and I like found the credit card statements, and it was a prepaid, and I just didn't like I did something, but like it was the overdraft where I was like two hundred dollars in overdraft, and I got so panicked, <laughs> like I legitimately remember it being thousands of dollars, and it was two hundred. I was like, "What? You're a fucking idiot!" But yeah, no, I've never been in debt. It really, I have a big thing about it. All That's right. why I, I good for you. I've, if you if you saw some of the places that I was very comfortable living, people are like, especially like the last few years, I've done okay. Mm-hmm. But I was just traveling a lot, and I was like, it's cheap, and London's crazy expensive, and this is rent controlled, and I can absolutely, I could can make this money very quickly. Yeah, like I don't care. <laughs> it's just you just hear people, and especially living in Britain, where debt is like friends of mine are like fifty grand in debt. Yeah, I didn't get that high, but I was pretty high. With like over unders, I was twenty seven thousand dollars in debt. Woo! And this a was, vice principal salary? Yeah, <laughs> but I I uh, I did a I, I uh, consolidated? consolidated it all and paid it off in two years. I literally, by the back of my neck is sweating. The idea of twenty seven. Yeah. You earned that amount of money to just give to no. Oh, that's fucking yeah. frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Did you have good times with that twenty seven grand, buddy? I it was my post-divorce fucking i allow it i allow it, it was right like there and seven year bender i'll say i finally saw a photo of the little miss <laughs> that you've divorced <laughs> she doesn't look like she should be a cop <laughs> that that's someone who sells stuff out of a trunk like she <laughs> she has that look there's a very particular canadian <laughs> like goer look you know what i mean like we're talking about like disgrace land there's always a couple of those guys in like that bar kind of person who like gets a shot and a beer that's she, yeah, she's yeah. like just looking in her eyes i was like "Ooh, that's a mucky time man. yeah yeah good good cop i think the first night we hooked up she was uh she was doing cocaine off a uh off a pack of demorier so you told De- you told me the story one time it was like pack of demorier on my leg and she was doing cocaine off <laughs> was she already a cop no 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 we uh like we hooked up she was 18 i was 20 when we hooked up absolutely so uh she became a cop uh after we got married but that's what she wanted to do are you telling me you were 20 and what t- and how old were you when you were married 25 i got married at so. canada man this is that's a big i have a lot of fr- when i was 25 I went to six weddings in a summer. Yeah, well, where are you? Where, where are you from? Ottawa. Ottawa. Like I'm from uh, from Niagara, and it's a small town, and it's just that's just what you thought you did. That's Ottawa is the same because Ottawa has the problem of they basically made it a city because it's the capital. <laughs> but especially growing up there, it was fucking tiny. Like it's a million people, and when you see where the city limits are, you're like this. Yeah. That's a field. Mm-hmm. Like I think the city limits start at the 401 and it's 45 minutes until you see <laughs> Manatick. Oh, I know. And Ottawa. I, when you see the Ottawa sign, you're like, hey, I'm there. And then you, you got an hour. You, if you're driving on the 7, you have an hour until you're in Ottawa. And it's only because they needed to be able to say there's a million people that live in our nation's capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like 
three hundred thousand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's the weird. It was the it is the weirdest place to but, grow up. Yeah, that's what you thought. You you you, you get yeah. a job, you get married, start and, having kids. That was and Ottawa is you get a job in the government. You get a jo- government job, job security for life. Yeah. At the time, that is not true anymore. <laughs> Good pension. You retire at sixty and you move. Literally, you move west or you move east, and like you let in like the like east west part that's close to downtown, mm-hmm. and let the like next wave move in to the point that like I went to high school with the kids of like the people my mom went to high school with. <laughs> and it was just like that's the yeah. Way. That was I like uh, a lot of my friends. Um, I became friends with because my parents were already friends with their parents. Yeah, you know? so you just grow up with these kids. And then that's who they are, and you just hope that they're not crazy. And some yeah. of the people I went to school were with were nuts. Well, because in a small town, your uh, the selection pool is so small. You oh. you hang out like a lot of your group is everyone's different mm-hmm. because uh, like you don't have a lot of people to choose from. You guys from, are just you know? the same age in this vast yeah, 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 region. Yeah, yeah. Where like you, if you're in a bigger city, your core group is mostly there's more common interests. Mm. Where, like, your core group in a small town is just whoever's there. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be fucking weird. Because, yeah. yeah ours... you do find friends and you, you have common interests. I'm not saying. No, no, no. I understand. Just... But it's just a lot. You, you got to be a bit more picky. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll let, you know, like, I'm not into sports. You're into sports. We'll let that go. So weird. So, yeah, you met in college. Oh, man. You're not. And you're still not doing that fucking story on stage. I'm sure this has been brought up on this show. Oh, the uh, when I stole her badge? That. I, as someone who has been to the Edinburgh Festival, who's written shows that you have to somewhat try and make thematic, which basically just means you need a story to hang it off of. It's like, dude, it's a fucking million dollar story. And you so easily could, you could either make that a wicked closing bit or you could hang an hour of material off of it. Cause it is so the fact that he was a cop too. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Does she know that you've, she at this point must know that you did it. I told her I did it. Um, oh, I didn't know this. Oh, just to throw it in her face. Cause I, uh, cause Fuck yeah. she asked me how I was finding out all this information. And you told her I had your badge, yeah. bitch. Yeah. And I was like, I go, you know what I did? Ooh. And then uh, I showed her cause I had to make a little uh, ID card as well. Yeah, yeah, to go in the back. Yeah. I love this story so and much because I, I love the detail of that you made because you knew Photoshop. And at yeah. that time, <laughs> that's a, that was a big skill now. Yeah, like, yeah. Every- yeah, this was uh, 2007 this all went Yeah, down. yeah, yeah, I like, babe. I got Photoshop. Let's have a good time. <sighs> so I made the ID card and then I, I, I put my picture on her ID card, stuffed, stuffed it in her badge and I went and played cop. No big deal. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. but I remember because I I pr- I printed it out on paper and I taped it with like scotch tape to an other a different card. So it just, has strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember I handed her that card. I was like, "Yeah, look what I did." And I remember she just ripped it off the card. She was oh. so mad. And I was like, "What are you gonna do? Are you gonna arrest me?" <laughs> what could she have arrested you? Oh yeah. What would you have done if she had arrested you? I, well, it would just look bad on her, you know. Yeah, I would. I think you would. I would open with that cocaine off the Demorio pack story and not stop until she's fucking someone else who works in her department. Oh, that story's so good, man. Whew. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it, a gem. It's, uh, Toronto's finest, pal. Look, look, look for out there in fifty-five division. Which division is that? That's uh, Danforth. To, oh, fuck to the Danforth! Beaches. It's the only part I ever. T- I got into an argument with a cop. Yeah, yeah. This is an old gray. The fucking guy, which is I ran a yellow on a bike <laughs> and he pulled me over. Bear in mind, like 
30 seconds before I had just seen a woman walking down the street bleeding from the face. <laughs> Gotta love the East End, eh? And I called 911 and I was like, are you all right? And she's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. I called 911, reported it in, cop pulls me over, and I figure it's that. And he's like, you ran the yellow light. And I was like, you see her? She's bleeding from the face. Do you want to <laughs> deal with that? And he was like, you don't decide, tell me what to do. This isn't about that. And I was like, it is about that. That like she, And she was like a young woman. I'm like, she, like she, there's been trouble. Yeah. And he was like, this isn't about that. You're also getting a helmet violation. And I was like, give me your name. Do you have to wear a helmet now? You have to wear a helmet. It's all, you have to. They'll give you a ticket. Really? They don't do it, but they can give you a ticket. Uh, I have a helmet for my bike. I do not. I do too. And I rarely wear it. I, I have a fat head. Well, I don't wear it because uh, if I'm riding my bike to a show, I'm like, I can't have helmet head when I get to the show. That's true. Oh, God. You look like a real horse's patoot. You wear a hat on stage? I rarely wear a hat on stage. I'll occasionally. The, the first time, like this year, I felt like I can get away with a hat on stage. <laughs> but it's just like, you feel like you're like, it doesn't feel like you're trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I remember when I was, when I first didn't like have like a collared shirt and a cardigan on in like <laughs> year two, I'm like, whoa, we are really in uncharted territory now, my friend. Yeah, there's no, there's no dress code anymore, but it's, it's. I don't dress up, but I, I'll put a nice shirt on and like I'll look respectable, which is good because I'm a dirty comic. So it's better to... Are we all dirty comics, though? Yeah, but I, I like it better. Like If I'm wearing a nice shirt, they give you a lot more leeway. That's true. I'm, yeah. <laughs> What's well, very interesting, because it's coming from Europe, I can't believe I'm saying this, is that Canada is a lot less of a well-dressed place because it's a lot more of like it's the weather sucks here. Yeah. In a way, you can't dress for you. They they don't make really fashionable, beautiful. Well, you got like thick coats. You gotta, you gotta, two months maybe at the beginning, like in the when winters turn into spring to have nice clothes, and then when springs turning back to winter. But like, it's too cold in the fucking winter to. And it's too hot. Yeah, That's... and then too hot in the summer. Like I'm not putting on a nice shirt. I'm just gonna fucking sweat through and. Absolutely, especially yeah, like going because the Toronto like that heat where everything just smells like a baby's oh, diaper. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I do miss that though. The idea because England, you don't get a summer. You get two weeks of heat, but it's not like it's like put on shorts. Mm -hmm. But you're gonna need a sweater for the nighttime, and it's all just because the buildings aren't prepared for it. So it's just like living in banana bread. Yeah. But it's not like here where you get that like heat, and you're just like, let's go to a patio. You ever wear uh, shorts on a stage? No. It. it what about I, open mics? Absolutely not. Really? Never. It I, bothers I, me. I do it. Uh, I do it in the summer at my show. But it's your show, and I and also the vibe there is yeah. It's it's a pot room. Yeah, we're very laid back. <laughs> What's gonna happen with? I don't know if we're allowed to say where it is. I guess you advertise. Yeah, yeah. What's gonna happen with clandestinity when legalization comes? Is there concern at all? I don't know, man. They uh, Joey's a little concerned, but I was like, listen, they've been letting you do whatever you want for eleven years. This place has been open like that for like, eleven years. Yeah, I'm like, they don't care about you. They're gonna leave you alone. Just keep doing what you're doing, but she can't afford to stay there much longer because that whole neighborhood's changing. And oh my god, yeah, and that's the problem. Is as soon as she moves, then it'll be toot to toot goodbye. Yeah, yeah, and you can't uh, like her location's already bad enough. Like it's not an easy place to get to. Like but it's for what it is now to what it was. Like this again is making me sound old, but I remember the first iteration of an open mic being there, which was on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. And it was some of the same people, but it was mostly a hugely different crowd. And then they overexpanded and just put shows on every night and diluted it. But they, you know, crawled it back and it still now has a loyal following again. Yeah, yeah. she's got some good shows going in there now. And like, uh, like with me, 
And then she got she got Mike Rita running a show. That guy's a, just a show running machine, promo machine, baby. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, she got Paul Thompson and uh, Natish going doing Mondays each week now. So mm-hmm. she got like. And like comedians around the world talk about that place because mm-hmm. of you know great poops has done it. Arsh, if you're those guys are like, and you say like, oh, I was in, I'm from Toronto, so we're Canada. They'll be like, what's that like? What's that weed bar? Yeah. And it's like it's not a weed bar. <laughs> It's a bootleggy place, <laughs> but it's cool. Like it's really changed because, like, I remember before it was even like the underground comedy club and it was painted. Like it used to be just a. I don't know if you were around it then. No, no, no. It was just a concrete room. It's the same vibe though. It's the it's the weed room that you can do well in, as opposed to Vapor Central, where well, it's just like, well, what? Who wants to bomb? Well, what I say about it is, it's it's a dedicated comedy club. That's why people are going there. Where Vapor Central is a weed lounge. Everyone's just in there all fucking day just getting high as shit they're not in there all day some people just hang out there and just oh and uh they look like fucking zombies when they walk out of there friend of mine got taken there on a date once jesus but the thing is so then you show up and you're like hey it's comedy night and all these stoners are like what Uh? and they don't know what show's going on where people are going to the underground clandestine whatever you want to call it they're going there because they know it's comedy i guess that's a great point yeah yeah, my friend who got taken on a date there, the relationship did not uh, last. She was no. like, this is the weirdest thing. And I it was on a Wednesday. I was on stage and I looked over and there was a friend of mine. And I was like, what are you doing, doing here? And she was super stoked. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I think she, because the problem with those weed rooms, like I don't smoke weed. And I'll come to your show like once, every time I'm in town, one time. And I end up like, just like so messed up because it's just, everyone's just like. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's uh I don't know. It's sometimes you can really get them going, and sometimes they're a little too comatose. But it's they're still comedy fans, and that's what I like. Yeah, like if you don't, if your well, joke sucks, you find out quick in that room. You're also not going to have a violent reaction, which is something that booze can really bring in. Not necessarily physically, but you'll get people booing and mm-hmm. angry. And, hey, you can't say that or mm-hmm. want to be part of it. That's weird. I had a really weird late show last night. Like they did not. Uh, like anything dirty i'm like you guys realize this is the late show right yeah but they don't know that i say don't... i say nice things fucking all week to, so I, I i'm preparing for saturday night late show when i can fucking get some stuff off my chest but the thing is is the audience isn't like the audience doesn't know that that's a that's a thing yeah well they should well <laughs> they, that's we that's it's up to the host to educate them who's yeah. hosting uh brian had everybody all right well babs <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's also one of those things where it's like, if they're fucking not liking a dirty joke, just fucking keep going and they'll figure out that that's what oh, you're going to do. I, last time was uh, one of the first times I ever, because usually I'll recoil if I'm like, oh, they're not liking it this way. And I'll switch. I'll like, oh, I'll just go this way. But hmm. last night I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, a little- And I just hammered it home to the point where they like... They finally were like, fuck, and this is nuts. It's great. Yeah, and I got them on board. Of course I'm- you did. Because they know that they're like, well, we either, we either fucking join up or die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's really strange where people kind of figure it out. It's one of those things where you kind of, as you keep doing stand-up, you kind of learn. You're like, oh, sometimes, yeah, changing gears is okay. But other times, it's also just like sheer attrition of will. Mm-hmm. And you will get them. I had a chick front row last night. I said, all right, guys. I was wrapping up. I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm just about to get out of here, guys. And this chick in front row goes, good. Oh. And I was like, good. I go, oh, we got a super fan down here. Oh, man. I can't even. <laughs> I, I, but I go to her. I go, I go, don't worry. I'll sign your tits after the show. Good. And I go, does anyone here have a mini Sharpie? Good. <laughs> and she was just like, ah. 
like, fuck I, just, I can't. It's it's especially in the last two years. There's been a big sense of entitlement. I had a shoe thrown at me during the Edinburgh Festival, <laughs> which it was the last night. Play in the Middle East? No, <laughs> Scotland. Like throw shoes. Scotland, maybe at two fifty <laughs> in the morning. Um, it's a show called Late and Live at, during the Edinburgh Festival. I host a bunch of them. I literally just go. I do them all sober. I am dead clean sober until three o'clock in the morning every day of that month except that last show i get fucked <laughs> and so my timing was a little off because you're n- i'm not as funny when i'm drunk like everybody else mm-hmm. and that's known but staff is fine with it it's the last night is allowed to be loose a girl threw a shoe at me and another woman went you deserved that <laughs> and in my drunken stupor i said you wouldn't say that if i was a woman and she went, yes, I would. And I went, well, that's why you're a cunt and no one likes you. <laughs> and then her, her husband said, I like her and you should apologize. <laughs> and then I don't really know what I said, but I kind of, I just see red at a certain point and I just lit into both of them and security had to be called. And I, and then I feel fucking terrible. Like I mean, right now I feel so bad about the whole exchange because she was just reacting in the moment i understand that but it's this weird sort of thing where people are like what's uh, i didn't like that it's like we didn't research what your what your thing was you didn't know what you were going to see so you were upset about it that's not my fault that's your fault (laughs) but i still feel horrible about it to this day which is why i'm gonna die at 60 which is pent up blame that's that's a that's a good one to shoot for 60 i'm I'm thinking 58 i choke on a sandwich in a hotel room are you gonna go 58 well do you want kids that's why no no you yeah i have some kids yeah you what's your uh, relationship situation right now in love in love eh? how long is in love with me uh 18 months ish there's a gray area because she lives in canada and i live in britain because we're fucking idiots but i met her at comedy bar in 2015 going to 2016 new year's eve supposed to be a one-night stand that went horribly awry for the both of us um so how's that relationship with you uh you living in england it's weird we sort of did a thing where we would try we kind of just ended up falling into this thing where we would see each other every two months basically what happened was we met new year's eve she lived in montreal i was going to montreal to headline the works we had a fling as i'm leaving Montreal forever. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Ottawa to hang out with my buddies. I want to hang out with this girl. This She's mm-hmm. making me feel great. I feel great. The transmission fell out of my mom's car. So I was like, baby, guess what? <laughs> I hope you're feeling what I'm feeling because I'm staying for a couple of days. <laughs> Stayed until like four more days and was like, this girl's the best. I don't want to go back and figure anything else out. Uh, so we just emailed and text. Pardon me, I'm going to yawn. It's ah! a weird yawn. Got to shout it out. Uh, email and texted for a year. And we were both like seeing other people and trying to like move past it. But it was just one of those things where I would much rather text with this like girl I didn't really know than like spend time with other people, as stupid as that sounds. And then I kept to come back to Canada for a funeral of all horribly ghastly things. And she happened to be in Toronto at the same time. And on those sort of end of funeral days, I don't know what your family's like, but mine sort of was like, all right, we're all scattering. We've done enough. Us being around will remind us of the really shitty thing we have to do today. Everyone go around and we ended up having drinks and she said, I love you. And I immediately was like, I love you too. And then we've been Aww. together ever since. Yes. Well, look at that. Well, how, what, so every two months you'd, uh... every two months, either I'd go there, uh, either she'd come there, I'd come here. 
and just sort of figured it, it also helps with like I, i'm always way late here for a month because of visa issues um so i just you know you route to be with her and sort of figure it out and then this year she's also she's a sketch comedian and a writer and does a bunch of things then her sketch troupe got invited to chicago and san francisco so unfortunately we're not spending as much time together as i would like but it also meant that i can get my ducks in a row for going to the states which i just haven't done because i've been hanging out with my girlfriend like this is one of those things where you're trying to concentrate like you live with your girlfriend but you'll go days where you're not really spending any actual active time Mm -hmm. with your fiance fiance your fiance and so like we very much consciously try to sort of like keep it close when we can and other times and try and move to the states with me if she can i really hope it works out i think it will i choose to believe it will work out mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens yeah but like we had like a real serious like she's not getting any younger i'm not getting younger do we want kids and it's like yeah you do want them yeah couple of kids it'd be you know it's a big change in adjustment but mm-hmm. i'm a big believer in don't live the same year over again yeah yeah well, no me and Kira have discussed it several times and we're just like i don't know man we're we like what we're doing right now yeah it's also things can change and also yeah. i'm not of a big thing of like well body clock like that's true there's a lot of medical advancements also adoption mm-hmm. is an incredibly ethical and fucking great option for well those that's kids. the thing too like we can wait as long as we want if like they're throwing babies into the street in China. Oh, buddy. They're it's, throwing babies into the street in Canada, which no one talks about, by the way. Like, there's a shitload of people. Oh, there's kid, one they, on uh, CB24 last week. What happened? Someone some, threw, some woman just threw a kid behind some plaza somewhere in the middle of fucking winter. Fuck. For a brand new baby. What a piece of fucking yeah, shit. Like, there are services that will take this child if you don't want to. And we'll kid. love it. And we'll. Yeah, you don't have to throw it in a fucking dumpster. You don't have to murder it using weather, you bag of shit. You can oh. go to the hospital, have your baby, and go, you know what? I'm not going to want this one you guys can take care of it and, and they the, will find a fucking home for that kid and you know that you can close the adoption so the kid has no way of ever finding you yeah yeah 100 percent. so i don't know but fucking people are shitty it's a shitty fucking world absolutely and that's like another reason i don't want to bring a child into this world that said the world has always been shit like everyone's going trump and brexit and blah, 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 i'm not blah. worried about that i'm worried about the state of the planet like the stability of it like I'm one of those, I, I believe in global warming. Oh, I believe, boy, do I too. I believe the fucking ocean is just full of garbage right now. I believe everything's fucked. Well, that's that is. And I you think can't change six billion people's way of life. You can't, but there's a lot of countries that are moving forward faster than, listen, America, England, Canada, especially when it comes to environmental stuff, are going to get left in the dust by Israel japan scandinavia all those places are becoming superpowers because they're investing in that technology we're all going to need to pay for to clean everything up Mm -hmm. like israel now has a machine that they're in the last stages of prototypes that just filters water completely so no matter what has happened to the water totally filtered and fine also everyone's going to live longer so they have all the medical technology other like most of scandinavia is developing a shit ton of ways to cleanse because they have all sorts of oil spills that we don't hear about because we don't value that as news so Mm -hmm. like i'm worried about all of it because i'm worried about these giant population centers like china america india aren't doing anything about it but it's also one of those things where it will reach a point where it'll financially affect the world and we will figure it out like humanity was supposed to have been destru- like highly impacted by starvation by the 90s mm-hmm. and by the time it got to a problem in the late 70s they figured it out and fixed it the problem with humans is we just don't react fast enough 
that we can do the easy fix. We got to wait until the last minute. And we're like, all right. <laughs> okay, okay. It's it's one of those things where- I'll get off the couch, fucking- Human beings are that guy in a marriage who goes to therapy after their wife has already tried to stab them to death in their sleep, as opposed to understanding why they're alienating affection on day one. That's the issue, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, I see, I totally see your point. It's also fucking terrifying and scary to bring a baby in the world. It's yeah. basically saying I don't want to sleep for three years. Well, the thing is, too, like uh, me and Kira, we like being out every night. Our lifestyle does not. No, it will doesn't not cater suit to children. Yeah, like I'm. I don't know. I'm a way more of a homebody than I used to be. Like I'm just getting more like I just. Mm-hmm. There's that line in Anchorman, which is like, I've been coming to this party for 16 years, and in no way is that sad. <laughs> I was like, I sometimes feel that way. Like, I especially have some friends. They're more Britain than Canada. Canada's a pretty good adjustment. I have some friends that are like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And I'm like, buddy, it's already getting pretty fucking sad right well, now. You can't do this for the re- Unless you're, delight- you're planning on taking yourself out in the next two years, seek help. It's not like we're, we're not, we don't party I mean, every I'm not night. Say- I'm just- not saying that's, y- that's you guys, yeah. but it's also saying like you like being a comedian, and Kayra's also in show business, and needs to be out and likes those hours and stuff like that. It's totally not that's that was not a statement about mm-hmm. you guys. That was definitely a statement about yeah. some gentlemen I have that are still, you know. Yeah. Well and that's the thing too, because like my my friends from back home, like I go back home for two days. I can't like I'm like, who's going out tonight? They're like, no, none of us. We have fucking kids. We're staying in. It's Thursday night, you know? Oh, I have the opposite. If I show up at the wrong time in Canada this year a little bit less all them married, they're like, I am the reason. They're like, I understand it's Wednesday, baby, but John's in town. So and it's, the problem is, is that they, they'll all stage and they'll go, well, this person can get a free night, so I'm going to go out. And then I became, all their wives started getting fucking angry at me. Yeah. Well, you're coming from England. I fucking, I cross the lake, you know? I understand. But still, when you're going into, especially the Niagara region, that is essentially flying from England. Like the amount of people that live in Welland and are like Toronto and you're like it's an hour away yeah especially the way you guys drive like I never get that it's a very Canadian move of like why would I go to Toronto Hamilton's got most of the same stuff and I was like I guess it does it was just different type better coffee and culture you fucking savages that's what no one talks about Canada is that it's so you like the you cross into you cross into the Danforth and you are going to hear a bunch of homophobic slurs and <laughs> like Muslim people. I don't even know what they do in that neighborhood because you're going to hear just some classics. I, I couldn't believe uh, how many racial moments I came Ooh. across in Niagara Falls oh, this weekend. Absolutely, baby. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Because I think it's I've been in Toronto so long where it's not even an issue. You don't even think about it. Oh, same thing. And London's even it's more. Like, everyone's different color. Who gives a fuck? But like yeah. down there, somebody's different color. They're like, fuck, that guy's different. Yeah. I'm like, OK, well, who cares? And when like these this black couple was in the hotel, um, they didn't know what floor the pool was on. And they finally figured it out. And I was like, oh, it's this floor. Just go that way. Mm. And they're like, thank you very much. And the door closes. And these two white guys in the elevator, this oh, one no. guy goes, bet they're real good swimmers. <sighs> and I just turn around. I'm like, what? And the other guy goes, I thought black people don't like water. I'm like, Jesus, fuck. What is wrong You don't wrong even know where that stereotype comes from. They don't know how to swim because the slave masters wouldn't teach them to swim. So they wouldn't <laughs> escape, you fucking yahoos. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. It's weird to go back there and see that. And it's cut. Like, I think it's just because I've been here so long. That oh, yeah. You forget about it. 
It's also very interesting now in that we are in a post Me Too movement where I'm now way more conscious of also comments of women or how guys, just to go to your point of la- or a deviation, last night I was getting off the subway, which is still a new experience because I rode a bike every day when I lived here, so I'm still new to the subway <laughs> and how fucking sketchy the Toronto subway gets at like at midnight, it's <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Yeah. Like coming back, we had beers after your show on Tuesday. That Wednesday night on Wednesday night. Wednesday, Wednesday night? Sorry. <laughs> that fucking queen car was a nightmare. I met a dude who works at the Broadview Hotel who was on cocaine. Like another guy was just like, "How you doing, man? I'm from Toronto. I love Toronto. I love Toronto. You like you got a cigarette? Yeah." yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. "You, buddy, you are on." coke and then this other guy okay how do you hack it he was nuts anyway last night there was this drunk couple and i would have just like walked him by time was but the girl was full-on passed out and the guy was like trying to wake her up by grabbing her hair and i was just like okay he's fucked up but he's small i got a broken elbow right now but i'll just hit the emergency button and <laughs> hope for the best so i kind of watch and i like hold the door open and he's like you gotta get up and he like keeps pulling her hand she finally like no and i'm like and I kind of like look at her and she's just out of it drunk. And I go, you all right? And she's like, where are we? I'm like, I need to say, she's like, oh, we're home. And she turns to him and goes, we're home. And I was like, oh, they just went out and got way too fucking trashed. But it's like that interesting awareness hey, of, you know, you're in a couple's going to be together a long time. Oh, That's boy. true I love, I don't baby. think they will be. Because he had, you know that there's like that, like we got super drunk, like the best sort of like. You know, you going out with your girlfriend, you go, you have that one too many beers for how many times, for what you have to do the next day. Yeah. And it's that like, we're going to do this. We're going back. You're getting a slow, some slow fucking happens <laughs> that you're like, this is an absolute mistake. I have to be up at seven. I could have been asleep at one if we foregoed sex and it's very other, various other sundries. <laughs> and now it's like, we're pushing three. What the fuck am I doing? Uh, too funny. And then you're just, uh, but it's you're, too late. I'm, I, I, it's too late for me to have fucking night sex. You don't have night sex sometimes, but I, like if we're coming home from drinking, like it's oh yeah, it's she'll go to the bathroom, and by the time she gets out of the bathroom, like you know, women take their face off. I, I'm already passed out. Are you serious? Oh, buddy. I'm oh, a, no. I, a, I, I, I fall asleep like that, man. So do what? After a couple of cocktails, especially, you know, like, you're, I'm attracted to my girlfriend, and then you get the beer glasses on, so you're like, who's this new lady who's living in my girlfriend's body? <laughs> you're like, yeah. How old are you, though? 32. You see, you're young, man. You're young. I'm like four years younger than you. I'm turning 38 next month. Okay, six years younger. That's not that big of a gauge gap. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I've got, uh, I've got a lot of extra weight on me, Johnny. You, yeah, you, lo- you have a lot less than you used to, though. Yeah, hey, well, I'm going to talk to you about that because you, uh, were you, you were a fat kid or fat, no. teen- fat teenager. It was like a fat late teenager. Yeah, but I was called fat my entire life because I'm fucking, I was tall. I was a foot taller than everyone else, mm-hmm. and the fucking kids were pieces of shit. All of them now <laughs> overweight. <laughs> I love it. And like a bunch of them just, because you run in, the auto was a small place. So I've seen a few of them and I'm just like, ha ha. Did you, did you get, you got big as a teenager? Like, got big as so a teenager. It was like, I played sports and would run around and shit like that and just slowed down when I got in. So it was self-induced. Like it wasn't like, cause I, I got big as a teenager cause it was things I did to myself. Like when my parents were the ones responsible for me, like 
I was a skinny kid, you know. Mm. They weren't just feeding me garbage all the time. And then you took. You and then took once that I ran. yeah, once I started fending for myself for most things, I was Absolutely. just I just fucking polluted myself. It was that, and also just having like a crazy metabolism from playing like football and doing a bunch of sports. Yeah, I played, and, I played sports growing up too. So. And so my metabolism was crazy. And then going into university, where it was like I was studying theater, which is very active, but mm -hmm. it like my metabolism just slowed. But, like, my eating didn't fucking stop. The one thing I do miss is I used to not get ever that drunk when I was big because it just absorbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the, the old myth of Andre the Giant could drink, like, 140 beers. Not a myth. <laughs> Absolutely confirmed. The guy who used to work at the Comedy Works, there's a famous story in Montreal where he was in Jerry's Bar, which is gone now, which is a Russian whorehouse underneath the Comedy Works. And he uh, was in there. It was his favorite place to drink because I think Andre liked the ladies <laughs> that he paid for. And he um, had himself a couple of tipples and a bunch of guys are making fun of him. And they didn't, they call him fat and they didn't realize he was a fucking massive man. <laughs> he chased them. Uh, he was chased them. These guys that hid in their car? Chased him out to the car, knocked the car over and they got arrested for drunk driving because they said a giant came and knocked their car over. <laughs> and he was sat in Jerry's bar. Like he, you, the cops, if they had looked down, they could have seen it. Like it was an open door basement mm -hmm. bar. Um, but yeah, never got drunk really ever. And then I lost a bunch of weight in 2006. And then I spent two years being able to like, trying to drink the way I used to because I just could put beers back. yeah. yeah. And fucking blacked out all the fucking time. <laughs> like the amount of photos my roommates from like, like lab, my post-university house have of me just asleep in the bathroom. There's like four where they're just like. How much weight did you lose total? Like how big In total, I was 340 down. You were 340? I was 340 down to 220 at my smallest. Fuck me. 120 pounds you lost yes that's a lot of fucking weight that's, that is, I, I lost the weight of the girl i'm currently having sex with see i never i never got like well i'm again a foot shorter than you but yeah that's uh, the thing is you also have that real piece of shit where it's your because once you surpass six foot you know in your 200s if you're six foot and like like i'm a wide Mm -hmm. Celtic man, it hides relatively well, and then you get in the three forties, and you get that fucking puffy face and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. fuck man, how'd you lose it? Just eating like a normal person and exercising, and really watching, and then really watching what I was eating because I was really liking the admiration people were giving me, and then I just like lost it. Well, that's the thing too. What I'm doing is just like I'm not on a diet per se, but I'm just like I think of everything I put in my body. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. I think about it in terms of fuel and also understand that like if you do like I fucking hated exercise of like personal trainer or any of that sort of stuff, but it's like just go and sweat in a room for an hour mm -hmm. and leave. Like just make sure you're sweating. That's all that matters and you're going to burn some calories. I, I was uh in my hotel room last night about three in the morning, just mm -hmm. fucking shit canned all by myself, staring at the 24-hour IHOP menu. That oh. was in there. I was just like, just like, oh, IHOP right now. Oh, there's nothing. Uh, International House of Pancakes is one of the greatest institutions ever. <laughs> Who are you getting fucked up with? Were you chuckles and... No, they, they went home after the show last night. Uh, my brother came out to the show. Oh, um, no. So, uh, yeah, we ended, up, uh, we ended up at a bar across the street from the club. Sundowner at... No, the sundowner. No, no, he had his new girlfriend with him and uh, another couple friend of theirs. That he met at the sundowner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The sundowner, for those who don't know, is the greatest the, strip club in the world. It's the highest class strip club in Niagara Falls. Yeah, it's it's nice. 
It's so it's funny, but we, still, very, it's not a gentleman's club. It's very much a strip club. Also, one of the I think the only strip club I've ever been into where there was no black people. It's something I've always noticed. Weird. Strip clubs always have black people in them, <laughs> except and, that one. I never noticed. It's the thing. My friend Jamali has pointed this out, and it made me go through all the times I've been through a strip club. <laughs> and he's like, "There's always black people in a strip club. We like them because he goes, everyone's equal in a strip club." No one's suspecting anything, and they go, they treat you nice. My, and I was like, oh, wow, the idea of being treated nicely. My uh, my local strip club growing up, uh, Private Eyes, Niagara on the Lake. It's, oh. uh, right underneath the St. Catherine Skyway. Oh, lovely. Is uh, it still there? Oh, yeah, it's still there. Um, I need to take a trip. They had a, The bouncer was uh, a black guy, and he, he knew me because, like, we used to go. There was this bar in uh, Niagara every Wednesday, dollar draft night. <sighs> God, the mid '90s to the mid 2000s, yeah. and uh, we we're all underage drinking there, and um, it would always uh, we'd always end up going to Private Eyes every Wednesday. It was because it was their pub night. Did you was... guys have school? Yeah, but we've managed. Uh, what time would you like? Where were your parents? Like, my dad worked nights. Oh fuck! And my parents were separated. So why were you living with dad? What did mom do? Uh, my mom moved to St. Catharines. I I lived with her for like a year and a half after they separated. But you wanted to. But then I wanted to get back to Niagara Lake because like all your friends were there, and you're like, yeah, yeah. And I was getting into a lot of trouble in St. Catharines. Yeah. And like it was just you know my mom couldn't control me, and I was just like I I don't know man I I should go back there and just be a normal person. And then dads do what dads do. Which yeah, is like, and my dad was because uh, he worked nights. He didn't really have much control like, oh so you had a nefarious plan where it's like i'm not gonna get in control i'm just gonna go to a place where there's yeah, no control. yeah yeah i i played them off each other too much i was a fucking shithead of a well, this is the thing with, when you get in divorce you still have to maintain that alliance of mom and dad yeah yeah it's a fucking oh my parents did not do that they fucking hated each other they still don't talk to this day it's fucking... is that true oh yeah i gotta i'm getting married at my dad's cottage and my Dad's like, your mother's not coming here. I go, well, then you're not fucking coming to the... And he's like, okay, well, she can come here. She's not staying here. I'm like, no, I wouldn't fucking let her stay here, you know? Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to pound your bride. You don't want, you don't put your mom and your dad holding a cup over to the fucking wall. That's our boy. Yeah. Oh, it's a fucking... Weddings are a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I, I'm with someone that I, I love. I think she's going to be my wife. We're not having a fucking wedding. Thing is, I would have been happy not to, but Kira's... Uh, it's Kira's first marriage, yeah, so she wants yeah. to mark the occasion. Yeah, so if she... Uh, before she meets Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so if she uh, if she had... Because she was with a guy nine years, I think the guy gave her a ring, but I don't think she ever even tried it on. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, yeah. What's was, that mean? She was like, I'm going to need to think about this, and then uh, the answer was no, and... For they, Kira? Yeah. I didn't know this, and she said no. Yeah, and then uh, that oh. was pretty much the end of things. But yeah, so she never she's never been married, so she I don't know she wants to wait a minute. So what? So Kira said no. Yeah, and then you guys broke up and got back together. No, I'm talking about this guy she used to date. Oh, the guy she used to date. I thought that was fucking you. No, 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 no. Oh my god, I was like, no, 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 no. This guy she was with like nine years ended up giving her a ring and she didn't take it, and that's that's they broke up over it. Like that was just like okay, well, yeah, that's it. End game. This is the yeah, but she she wants a wedding, and I I. Oh man, I'm sorry. Fine I got so that. confused. I was like, Jeff, like this is yeah. fucking deep. Yeah, no, I'm fine with her having a the wedding. I'm just like, because I did a big fucking. I, th I think I had like 160 people. Absolutely not. And I'm just like, I don't want to do big. So we're going. We got, uh, I think, 25 people. Perfect. That's including us. 
She's so going 23 with divorced parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her parents divorced as well? Yeah. All in new relationships? Um, yeah. <sighs> My mom's the only one who's single. Um, She's still bringing a date, though? Well, no, I told, I told her, I'm like... No. It's that, I, don't just bring some random fucking date. And uh, my brother just started dating a girl. No, which I'm uh, like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if she's gonna be around, man. Like, and there's people that I. Uh, When's the wedding? Uh, September, September eighth. Oh, that's all right. Um, good, good call, September eighth too, because you're. It's after Labor Day up at the cottage. It's like. Uh, you probably get great weather. Yeah, 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 and not, not too hot. But it's and like it's boat access too. Yeah. So. But there's things like, like couple friends of ours that. Are people uh, butthurt? Uh, yeah, there's people, people are not happy that they're not coming. You, it's not like you guys are going to get married and then like go hari kari on each other and die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just, do you want me to talk to them? <laughs> well, it's like, uh, I get so fucking frustrated when people do this. Cause it's like, understand these people you're dealing with, you're being your friends. Mm-hmm. They can invite you. They cannot invite you. You'll be in their lives forever. They're dealing with family where they don't get a fucking choice. Well, that was the thing where uh, uh, Julie was like, how many people are coming to the wedding? We're like 25. And in her head, she just pictured like, oh, 25 of our friends. And I was like, no. no. There's people that you... You have to invite Nana and Pop Pop. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, well, this is exactly why with... And especially with divorced parents and like there's... Like that's that doubles our parents, you know. Yeah, like my parents get along. My parents have been divorced essentially since I was born and get along great. Thank fuck, Deirdre. Same thing because we've been. Our plan was literally one day we will go to city hall just to cover ourselves legally, and that'll be fine. But all of our parents have been like, mostly my side were like, nah. Parents want something too. They want to be a part of it, and they want to. Yeah, so we've sort of hatched a plan that if and when we need to do it how we're going to do it really easily. Cause it's like, I also don't want to pay for it. And I don't want to go to my parents or her parents and be like, can we have some money yeah. so we can go to like, I just don't like any of that shit. Like, um, I'm at the point with my guest list where I assume with 23 people, including you guys, you don't, it's just family. No, there's a, a couple from Niagara yeah. on my side and, uh, uh, Bebsy and his uh, girl. Great. And that's, I was just like, if I just pick one friend, then everyone will be more understanding. Like most of my friends are pissed that they're not the one coming, you know. But if I go to invite one more, then I got to invite like that's exactly six it. to eight you're, more. You're you going. Know? Listen, this is who made the cut. Yeah. Also at a wedding with that sort of family dynamic, Bebenik is a bit of a peacemaker. <laughs> well, Be- Bebsy and my dad get along real well. <laughs> there you go. See, that's very strategic. Yeah. The other thing you also got to remember is. You got you got a friend group as do I where you got you know you got the show ponies mm-hmm. if they were a house you got your living rooms you got your <laughs> kitchens we both also got a couple of fucking trunks under the stairs where you're like if all the friends are coming they will be covered in the mix yeah but you can't expose them to like 20 family members and five people like yeah. I have some friends where it's just like I'm going to need to invite other people to cover up for them but our whole thing cuz we're we're doing it at a cottage so we're going up Labor Day weekend and we're not getting married till the following weekend. So we're going to have a shit ton of people coming in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great idea. Like come in, we'll party for a few days. Um, I might be in Canada. Well, hey, look. Where's at this that. cottage? I don't even care if I'm not invited. I will come to a cottage <laughs> and I will, I won't give you a gift. I'll give you <laughs> it's a Perry Sound area. Like oh, Magnetowan. Yeah. It's between Perry Sound and North Bay. 
Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Which highway do you take? Um, you take the 124 off the... F- you can. It's in the middle of the 400 and the 11, but I always take the 400 because it's way less busy. And the then, 400's way less busy? Once you get the break in Barrie. There you go. Okay, you go, I was about to say... If you go to the 11 through Muskoka, it's fucking nuts. If you yeah, why four, would you ever go through the if Muskoka? You go, Who kind of... Oh, is Weber's that good, you pieces of shit? <laughs> I only do that route if it's like... If I'm leaving on like a Thursday morning or something, I'm like, I'll go the 11, get a Weber's burger... But man, oh man, Weber! I want to meet. It's still disappointing every time. I'm like, oh, going to Weber's, and you eat one. And you're like, what? it's only good when I go with my entire family because my grandfather had a cottage up there. God bless <laughs> Dick Hastings. Who we all have a talent in life. That man's talent was he would sniff the air and be like, "Bye now." <laughs> so he bought a cottage in Muskoka in like I don't know, like the mimeograph was still in being used. <laughs> so and like just slow and just sat on it forever like i think he was renting in toronto and this maniac owned a cottage in muskoka for like eight grand or something stupid and now it's uh, a gold mine sold it in the night sold it in like 1999 should have held on to it 10 more years i don't know well (laughs) it did pretty well i don't know what he got for it but i do know that then he bought a house in st Catharines and a condo in toronto there you go so i think he's all right nice nice st Catharines, my old hood yeah, well, technically Port De- Port Dalhousie, Port De- Port Dalhousie, Port Dalhousie, baby, that was the party place when I was uh, when I was growing up. Well, it's not a party place anymore. It's... Where did you party? Were you a party kid growing up? Not really. We were punk rockers and like losers. Like we were, we like we look back and we we're like, oh, we could have gone to all of those parties, <laughs> and a bunch of those girls were into us, especially because my friend Paul, who is like he's he is committed to metal, like he's still in like. He'll come to shows occasionally, and I have to be like, you have to arrive late and sit at the back, or people are going to rip into you, me included, because people will be like, someone's got to fucking say something to the, to the lead singer of Iron Maiden. <laughs> and he's like committed, and we look back now being like, oh, there was a bunch of girls that were into us, but we were just such, we were like, like we were like class clowns, but like class clowns, but no one was laughing and people were aggressively angry at the mm-hmm. shit we pulled. You still close with a lot of people you grew up with? Yeah, and Paul Harrison. I've known him since I was four years old. It's very weird. I got a, uh, I, I still got a f- like really good friends back in Niagara, but my my one buddy uh, Plumish, we uh, he calls me pretty much every day because he's like uh, a heating and air conditioning guy. So he's, he's driving to different places. Like, oh, I got to go do a service call. You want to talk for twenty minutes? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I just shoot the shit with no, him. Nothing better than. But it's like it's such a daily call that like it ends so abruptly he's like okay i'm here and like just yeah, that's done. it <laughs> yeah paul and i have this weird thing where like we won't because it's different time zones and stuff like that he's also reset his clock so he's a uh, doing his phd and he works in the night so like he'll get up around 8 p.m like i've had it's weird where i now know where all the 24-hour breakfast places are because he's like going to get he'll say you want to go get breakfast and it's like it's 9 30 p.m man and he's like yeah let's do it yeah like eggs at night why not oh who doesn't love franz absolutely franz monte cristo sandwich is to die for you know what it really is and know it's a real letdown their tuna melt which you'd think would be as good as the monte cristo does not nearly come close because it's open face what mm-hmm. the fuck are you doing mm-hmm. and him like we won't talk for like two months and then it'll be like an epic like four and a half hour here's what's going on oh he's got he has a story that i will tell you off air because <laughs> he's literally like he he's one of those nobody listens to this <laughs> it's, like it's it's there's some legalities to it to the point that like i've i he, i've been told it's not for public consumption yeah but it's 
so good. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We should actually be wrapping this up now. We've uh, How long have we... We've, we've done an hour, man. Have we jawed for an hour? Yeah, what yeah. What are we going to do now? we got to go do Yuck Yucks. Yeah, we got two hours to our big show at could Yuck you Yucks eat? tonight. I could eat. What are we going to get? Let's get some Let's food. go. Let's shoot over to my place and we'll see what Kara wants to do. Yeah. And, uh, I should put on something nicer if I'm going to get on stage Buddy, tonight. you don't need to fucking <laughs> stand on pleasantries for the haste, man. But uh, we... Um, we we did nothing what this podcast is supposed to be. About. What is this podcast? I was to do? I I I usually ask people about their life. All right, growing, but no, it's too late. We got two. Let's let's add two minutes to the clock. Okay, brothers, sisters, what do you got? One brother. One uh, brother. He's fifteen. Okay, fifteen right now. Fifteen right now. Is he? Uh, your parents still together? No, divorced. So this is a half brother. Yeah, but we go full brother because it gets weird. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Papa, I love my dad with my whole heart. There's one thing he should not do. And that is ever get married again. Okay. So he's been married a multitude of times. How many times? Three times. Shit. Two official, one common law, but I count that <laughs> common law. And yeah, he's been married three times. And, and he's a single man now? Single man. La- uh, is he single? Yes, he's single. Yes, who no, had, the, who single. had the kids? Your mom or your dad? My dad. Okay. Yeah, my, my dad's been... Uh, um, he's been getting his dick wet. He over. loves it, man. He, <laughs> and he, and I, it's the funniest thing where I've ne- him being single in like this last sort of five, six years after the last divorce, he came out of it. It was rough. <laughs> Woo! And I've never seen him happier. Like he's been living in Texas. Nice. How often do you see him? Like sort of I, a lot of like texting has really helped our relationship where it's like a, you know, weekly text and sort of like twice three times a year something more than that and then we'll try and sort of hook up and like hang and stuff like that and now i'm going to the states so we'll see him a lot more how old were you when they got divorced i was zero years old I oh was, you were i was still i was they, in the di- womb divorce proceedings were when i was still in the tum tum really yeah buddy just, let's just... not go into let's not think too much about that conception because <laughs> i feel like some doors were opening and some doors were closing were you close with both growing up though or who'd you mom i grew you? up with my mom and then my dad would sort of dip in and dip out and then my dad and i became way closer in my 20s when i was living in toronto and he was here because he moved around a shit load and then uh when i moved to england he came to england a lot for work so i'd see him a lot then so we grew closer as sort of adults and also i think having my brother made him feel a lot more like okay let's mm-hmm. reevaluate and it's also like having a teenage brother is the best because it's <laughs> man being a teenager now is so different than what they're none of them are like drugs drinking none of it it's all like he was stealing off like there was concern that he might be stealing torrents off the internet i'm like <laughs> y'all are like that's awesome great he's sober and broadening his mind with media yeah he's in the army cadets He's great. Religion growing up or no? Yeah, a little yeah. bit of religion. It's like, I would say, like my mom would go to church when we would wake up in time. I worked at a Christian camp for a lot of years. Really? Which really somewhat soured me on the whole thing. Yeah. But like a hippie Christian camp where like my boss for two years was like a lesbian almost out of like central casting for a lesbian. Like mm-hmm. she went on to be a carpenter and has a degree in women's studies. Still, uh, still religious? Leaving all agnostic. that hokey pokey? Agnostic, baby. All who right. the fuck knows? Yeah, who knows? Here's the one thing I get pissed. I, know we were talking about, I just get pissed off when people are dismissive of it. And it's like, they need to get through the day. Listen, I smoke yeah. cigarettes so I don't rip your fucking I don't believe in off. any of it, but I don't care if you do. Exactly right. Just fucking, like, mm-hmm. let it fucking happen. It's the minute they step over the line and they're like, this is how you're supposed to live your life. And yeah. then it's like, yeah, no. Don't impose it on me. I won't I impose, impose it, it on, on you. you. Yeah, so. you stay on your fucking lawn. I stay on mine. We'll get along hunky fucking dory. 
All right. Well, that's all we need to know then, John. Well, I don't know how we would have done an hour off that. I'm, glad we did that <laughs> I'm so happy. I thought that like Kira gave you the w- ring back and no. the winner back. Oh. <laughs> no, that me really fucking bummed honestly, me out. Um, you'll say because you are uh, you're a man in love, um, and it's uh, it feels good. Great. Um, and it's, it's, here's the, what's the best part is when you've been in relationships and you look back and you're like, that wasn't love. Yeah, man. Like that. I liked like the, them were juicy titties. Yeah. But that was the only thing I liked about that. Yeah, and it was like, uh, like I've been in relationships that were so fucking vile and ugly. Oh. And like this one is just like it's, it's insane. How many fights have you had? Not even a real. We've never yeah. even had a real fight. And you've been in relationships where they fought. Like Deirdre mm-hmm. has never been in, like she's not really a relationship person, so she's never been in a relationship with fights. Yeah. And I feel like. I don't know. Like I feel like I like I'm like Rambo, but I've now made it to the Buddhist monastery, and they haven't shown up mm-hmm. to send me back on a mission. Yeah, but no, there was like a tiny little thing, but it didn't even blow up, and it was just like it was so smoothed over so oh. quick, and we're just adults about things, and we don't like our thing is um, we make our decisions uh, based on everyone's best interest. Yeah. So we're not selfish about anything and everything's working towards us and it just fucking works great. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very nice to be in that situation. So nice. And especially cause you came from one, I know, came from a lot of horrific fucking. You, well, you came from a marriage where you were made a cuckold of. Oh yeah. That was that. And that, that got real fucking ugly. How ugly did, it, did it, I assume it got uglier after you stole her police badge and went yeah, up. Went to wander. Yeah. 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 It, uh, but yeah, did, you whole, to, did you have to do like alimony and shit like that? I know we're no, going long, I, but I'm, I, I'm fascinated by this. I should have because fuck, did she uh, make more money than me? Of course she did. But you, it was one <laughs> of those things where you just did a clean break to get the fuck out yeah, of it. Yeah, like I, uh, I said, you can have the house. Give me X amount of dollars, which was I was still taking a big loss. I'm like, wait a minute, you already had a house at 25? I was 26 when I bought the house. Jesus. And then uh, 27 when I drove away. <laughs> Where's the house? Is a- she still a- in the Jax? house? No, no, no. She sold it. So when it sold, I got a chunk of money back, but it wasn't nearly as much as I put in. Fuck. But uh, that's it. You don't need to live in Ajax. Yeah. Well, that was the thing too. She was like, "Why do you want to live in Ajax?" Well, because this was like we were married. I wasn't a comedian. I was a fucking like my job at CTV. Yeah. I had that and low level. Like you weren't who you are now. Yeah. And oh, I'm still low level. <laughs> but it's better than you were. Yeah, but you it got was, a pension. Yeah, but it was just like, what the fuck am I going to stay out there for? You know, like I'm not going to stay on Ajax. So I moved downtown Toronto, and of course you did. End up getting on a stage because I was drinking my face off at McVeigh's every day. That's what because you said on one of the episodes, and I was like, which one of the fucking shitty open mics was it? It was the McVeigh's on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the most people I saw for an audience that show had some magic. I got laid off of that show. <laughs> Two different ladies. Nice. Yeah, there was something and for a shitty show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, you know, and then I started this, and I don't, I wouldn't have fucking survived out in Ajax. Imagine how much of a drinking and drug problem you'd have if you stayed in Ajax. Fucked. And I was like, I, I'm out in the sticks, and while I was going through this shit, I was just angry. I was going into the city, going to Jay's games, getting fucked, just swerving my car down the 401 to get oh fuck like i was a mess and i I was like at the point where if i get in shit it's just gonna look bad on her so i don't give a fuck oh because you're bulletproof because if you get pulled over for a dui you're still her husband yes so i was just like i I was reckless i was a fucking asshole and it was just a bad time have you apologized to her 
No, because she fucking cheated on me. I don't give a, a fair fuck. point. <laughs> Have you told everyone who listens by that? I mean, three people about the time you saw when you were high on mushrooms on the Danforth. Um, a few people, a few people know that story. I love that. Yeah. There's so much of this that I like. All of this is so fucking good on mushrooms. Yeah. Just the the drug that you're so peak sensorily. <laughs> And you're like, oh. Like, like, there's my ex-wife, and she's dressed like a police officer. <laughs> and the problem with mushrooms, this is also about, this is quoting another comedian, Craig Campbell's bit, but it's 100% true, which are mushrooms are the kind of drug where you're like, that's a cop. <laughs> we better go talk to them. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not my bit, but as someone who's done mushrooms, you're like, like it's, it's one of the drugs you're like, I think we better get an adult in here. Like, we, we need an authority figure to sort this out because it's getting heavy. <laughs> All right. Too fucking funny. Okay, let's wrap this up. All right, uh, then I'll tell you the story. Let, it, let us know where you're going to be. Not This is coming out in a few weeks, so don't, don't say anything. I'm at the Adelaide Fringe Festival at Gluttony at 9 o'clock. Nice. We got a big following down in Australia. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. <laughs> Either the fucking way. Come down there. Check out my stuff. Go to my website, uh, thejohnhastings.com. Follow me on Twitter at thejohnhastings. All that stuff is there. I got heckled by Dennis Robin. Go watch that video. Um, an album. Don't you have an album you want? And I have an album called Art. Uh, that's available on all media platforms. Nice. We all know where to get our albums. We're just not getting them. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I got to figure out how to torrent it. I just want to put it on a torrent and be yeah. like. Let, you just want people to hear it. You're not do you know how to up. do that? I don't know why. No. No, I'm not computer savvy. That's why I have Alex Ross here at Never Sleep. See, that's work. the thing is I would assume you'd be computer savvy because you work for CTV, but I don't think you are. I do. Uh, I know Photoshop. We were talking about Photoshop you know, before. Yeah. But get this. For icebreakers, uh, I do all the uh, graphic design. It shows. And <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> oh, Jacques. Um, I am still using the same version of Photoshop that I fucking uh, used to uh, Why wouldn't make you? a fake fake badge for my ex-wife buddy but and it's on a computer a, an apple computer that i bought in 2005 oh and that's the, what i'm using one of them bulky white ones no it's the big fucking g5 tower oh boy <laughs> but that, that 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 photoshop is like you know the sopranos where the guy gets he gives uh fucking jackie's older brother richie april shows up and he's got the jacket yeah. <laughs> that photoshop's like your jacket like that's, well this jacket when i took that yeah i have uh, yeah that's what then that, i'm gonna give that uh, computer to my uh, house cleaner's husband then is that what- <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck i hate that there's all other dramatic shows now that th- not everyone is enjoying how fucking perfect that was okay end the podcast now we're good that's the best way to go out all right guys uh my guest john hastings check him out guys find him on the internet you know you know how this works and uh obviously find me every wednesday night at the underground comedy club about dope and mike five bucks best comics in the city and uh that's about it thanks for listening and uh sorry we didn't mention tim golden once uh sorry tim we still love you fuck you tim oh i haven't seen you in a few years i only recently found out you had kids I hope you're still doing that Henry Kissinger joke. I've always enjoyed it. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. the five people still listening and mom
Thank you for listening to the Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. Now that you're done this, go check out another NSN podcast created right here in Toronto. Comedy and wrestling fans, check out Casey Corbin's wrestling podcast, Talkin' Wrestling, here on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.